Welcome to Science is Fun E. I'm your host, Private, aka Avery. I'm nine years old and currently in the fourth grade. Joining me today is Skipper, aka Craig, who is a 68 year old fossil. <laughs> uh, not funny, Private. Kind of funny, Skip. Last week, I asked you why, after mixing all the colors in my paint box, I get black. But you told me all the colors of light make white, and that doesn't really make sense to me. Well, it can be kind of confusing, so let's start at the beginning. Do you know of a man named William Herschel? Is he the guy that makes the candy bars? That guy is awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, that's Hershey. Different guy, but I love him too. Let's do some research on William Herschel and talk about him when we come back. Where's that chocolate bar I hit around here? Well, Private, I couldn't find that candy bar. Hey, why is there chocolate all around your mouth? Hmm, so who is this William Herschel guy, and what did he find? Yum. He was born in Germany in 1738, but then he moved to England. He was famous for discovering the planet Uranus, but in 1800, he wanted to know how much heat each color had. Why did he want to know that? Skip, he was a scientist. They're curious. They're always asking questions and trying to find out stuff nobody else knows. You of all people should know that. Yeah, I do. I was just seeing if you were paying attention. Yeah, right. So, he wants to know how much heat is in color. Seems like a pretty silly thing to be studying. I thought so too, but wait till you hear what he discovered. Okay, but how did he do it? He made light from the sun pass through a prism. A prism is a triangle-shaped piece of glass, and it made a rainbow of all the colors. So that's why all the colors of light make white. The colors are already in the light. Right, but many people already knew that. What he discovered next was even better. What could be better than understanding how rainbows are made? The raindrops act as a prism separating out different colors. Now, this is better. He placed the thermometer, therm in Latin, means heat, into the different colors to see what each temperature was. So what did he find out? All the colors had different temperatures. The color violet had the lowest temperature. Well, it is a pretty cool color. Quiet, Buster. The next color is indigo, and it was warmer than the violet, then blue, green, yellow, orange, and red, and each was warmer than the previous color. Red was the warmest. Okay, so what? Well, he also put a thermometer above the violet and one below the red. Why did he do that? There is no color in those places. That's right, but he used those thermometers as a control. I don't know what a control is. Control allows you something to compare your results to. Like what? Well, let's take size, for example. Is an elephant large? Is a kitten small? Elephants are huge. Kittens are pretty small. But what if you're comparing an elephant against a whale? And the kitten against an ant? The elephant is a lot smaller than the whale, and the kitten is much bigger than the ant. So, elephants are huge or small, depending upon your control. Kittens are small or huge, depending upon what you're comparing them to. Mm, I see. Herschel needed something to compare the temperatures to. Right. So, what did he find? He found that the thermometer he placed below the red color had the highest temperature. What? But it wasn't even in a color. Yeah, he discovered something that no one else even knew about. He discovered the electromagnetic spectrum. Whatever that is, I guess it's pretty important or something. Hmm, it is pretty important, all right. And because of his discovery, people went on to see if there were other hidden waves above violet. And sure enough, a man named Ritter discovered ultraviolet waves. Waves? 
You never mentioned that we were talking about waves again. Are they like the sound waves we talked about last week during the ear episode? Yes and no. A sound wave is a wave of compressed air that travels through the air. No air, no sound. When you clap your hand, you compress the air between your hands, and that wave moves out in all directions. You hear the clap sound when it enters your ear and gets to your brain. Wait, I watched Star Wars, and there were a lot of explosions and laser blaster sounds in the space battles. Sorry, but the movie wouldn't be anywhere near as exciting if there were no sounds. So they put them in, even though in space there would be no sound at all. No explosions, nothing. So how are these electromagnetic wave thingies different? Well, last week we talked about how fast the waves of sound travel, and I said that was like high sounds. To be clear, I should have said that if many, many waves travel across a point in a second, that's high sounds. And if a few traveled across a point in a second, that's low sound. It's called frequency. I don't really get it, Skipper. What are you saying exactly? Well, let's look at it this way. If we stuck a pole in the water and counted how many times a wave passed by it in a second, that would be frequency. Like, how frequently do you brush your teeth in a day? Twice, so the frequency would probably be two times per day. Perfect. Right, and how many times do you breathe in a minute? Uh-huh. Oh, I think about 20 or so, so my frequency would probably be 20 times per minute. That's pretty good. Your breathing rate does depend on what you're doing at the time, but you see how that frequency is measuring how many times something happens in a certain amount of time. Okay, so? Well, with sound and electromagnetic waves, frequency is very important. All electromagnetic waves travel at the speed of light, 186,000 miles per second, or 300 million meters per second. That's eight times around the Earth in a whole second. Wow, that's really fast. Wait, if they all travel the same speed, what makes them different? The difference is the length of the wave. So wave your hand at me, but don't wave back and forth like you normally would. Turn your hand and wave up and down, like this. Like this? That's it. Great. Now wave your hand faster. Great. One complete up and down is a wave. And if you move your hand to the right as you go up and down, that is the wave moving from place to place. Yeah, like this? Right. The amount of distance your hand goes in one complete wave is called the wave's length. So, if the wave's length is really long, even though it's traveling the speed of light, fewer of them will pass a point in a second. If the wave's length is short, then a lot more of them will pass the point in a second. Cool, I get it. So, what does that have to do with light? The length of the red color waves is longer than the violet's wave's length. Oh, so I get it. That means the color red's frequency is lower than the violet's frequency is. Violet's frequency is higher because its wavelength is smaller. Wait, so the colors we see are really just frequencies of light? Wow, you're good. That's exactly right. Why didn't you just say so? <laughs> yeah, I guess I just thought um, I needed to be clear. Okay. So why do they call it the electromagnetic spectrum if it's all about light? Why don't they just call it the light spectrum? Well, say you had a rope that was as long as the distance between the state of Georgia and the state of Massachusetts, about 1,500 miles long, and that represented the length of the electromagnetic spectrum. That's pretty long. That must be a lot of light. Well, most of it's not light. Of that 1,500 miles, about one inch would be light. 
one inch in 1,500 miles? Come on, that's like barely anything. It's not very much. What good is the rest of it even? Well, you like your cell phone, don't you? TV, radio, computer, microwave popcorn, getting a tan in the summer. Uh, Have you ever heard of x-rays? Yeah, I guess. All those devices and technologies are using parts of the electromagnetic spectrum. High-frequency waves like x-rays can pass right through our bodies to allow doctors to see inside of us without having to cut us open to see what's going on. Radio, TV, microwaves, they all have different lower frequencies to allow us to send pictures or sound or to heat up popcorn from the inside out. Hey, I love microwave popcorn. How does that work? And better yet, can we make some? Next episode, Private. And yes, but you already ate my candy bar, so more popcorn for me. Not funny, Skip. Kind of funny, Private. Mm. I always wondered how they work. They make things hot, but not like a stove does. So you see, it all started 220 years ago when William Herschel decided to play with thermometers and prisms and started scientists on a path that led us to those and hundreds of others incredible devices that we have today. Yay, science. Can we make some microwave popcorn now? Wait, but how do our eyes work? Well, I guess we'll have to do some more research on the parts of the eye. So, what did you find out about the parts of the eye? Well, I read that someone said, the eye is the window to the soul, but I didn't really get what they meant. It means we can tell a lot about a person by looking at their eyes when they speak. You can sometimes tell if they're speaking honestly or not. Did you ever try to tell a fib to your mother? No, never. (laughs) Yeah, right. Did it work? Did she believe you a little fib? No, she knew right away, but how did she know? I can't tell you. It's a secret. All adults promise not to tell kids. Oh, come on. No, just kidding. Or am I? But it has to do with mothers being able to tell by looking you in the eye, it's their superpower. Yeah, she did say, private, you look me in the eye and tell me what happened, and then she knew. Okay, so what are the parts of the eye and what do they do? The outer clear part is called the cornea. It allows light to get inside the eye. Cool. Once it's in, it travels through very clear fluid to the colored part of the eye, called the iris. So, what does the iris do? In order to see good, the amount of light that goes inside the eye has to be just right. When a lot of light hits the iris, it makes the round hole called the pupil smaller, and if it's dark, the iris gets bigger to allow more light in. So, where does the light go? After the pupil, the light goes through the lens. Like the lens in my magnifying glass? Yeah, I think so, but the lens in your eye can get fatter and thinner to focus the light on the back of the eye called the retina. Hmm, my magnifying glass lens doesn't do that. So what does the retina do with the light? The retina has sensors called receptors. There are two different kinds. Long ones called rods and cone-shaped ones, well, called cones. What do they do? (laughs) (laughs) There are these three types of cones, and they give us the colors red, green, and blue, and mixing those colors together gives us all the shades of those colors. And what do the rods do? They work in very low light, like at night or in a dark room. They help us see shapes and stuff when there's too little light to see colors. But I'm not so sure about how we end up seeing from these receptor thingies. Well, you did great. I'm very proud of you, Private. You see, we see with our brains, not with our eyes. Seriously? We don't see with our eyes? Everything you see is created by the brain from the signals produced by those receptors inside the retina of the eye. Like everything I see is made up? Like made up, made up? Yeah, kinda. 
The signals from both eyes gets combined into one set and are then sent to the back of the brain where the actual seeing occurs. The images there are created by the brain. So what you think of as seeing is a creation made from pulses running along the neurons in the brain. Hmm, really? You see in your dreams, don't you? And your eyes are closed. Even when you're awake, some drugs and some conditions can interfere with the signals or even create new ones. And we'll see images and things that really don't exist because our brains are creating them. It's called hallucinating. So I could be making you up right now? If I am, I probably should do a better job. (laughs) (laughs) Not funny, Private. Kind of funny, Skip. Now let's make that popcorn. That's our podcast for this week. Come back next week for another episode of Science's Fun E. Oh, and don't forget to visit our website at www.scienceisfune.com or listen on iTunes. Just search for Science's Fun E in the podcast section. Or to suggest possible topics for upcoming episodes, email topics at scienceisfunee.com. You can email me at private at sciencesfunee.com or skipper at sciencesfunee.com. I'm private, a.k.a. Avery. I'm hoping you have a great week. TTYL.